Hello, we are the Salon Sleuths. My name is Melissa. And my name is Leslie. And we are two women from the Pacific Northwest. We are both curious about paranormals, spirit guides, ghosts, past lives. We are suspicious about true crime, disappearances, and strange phenomenons. We are open to learning about the supernatural and all things we don't understand. Together, we're opinionated with a splash of smartass. Join us to learn and stay curious, stay suspicious, and stay open. Follow Salon Sluice on all major podcast platforms. So, Hello, um, Salon Sleuth fans and Leslie. How are you? I'm doing swell, Melissa. Yay, yay. You were gone last week. We missed you. I know. I'm sorry. I was off exploring the Oregon coast from the top to the bottom. We went all Ooh. the way from Astoria all the way to Brookings. Wow. Yeah. That's a windy road, isn't it? Yeah. It was gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And we kind of like we got to Astoria, we stopped and had a bite to eat and um, the kind of fog kind of came in and we were like, oh, okay, we'll get out of here. And then we, cause that wasn't our first stop for the night. And as we headed South, it got sunny again. And so we just kind of kept like running in front of the, to the, in front of the weather. And then by the time we got to Roseburg, um, it started to sprinkle that evening when we stayed there. So it was, um, we kind of just, you know, felt like we were escaping the weather the whole time. It was kind of nice. You passed that cliff side of that one story that we did. I know, I know. And I will tell you that it's- So Eric survived it. You didn't go do yeah, a reenactment. Exactly. We didn't do a reenactment and it's not a very small place or very, not a very big place. It's a very yeah. small town. It's like, you know, maybe a, a stoplight. I, I mean, I don't even think there's a stoplight there. Probably. It just probably is like a couple stores or not even stores like buildings. Isn't it just like a parking lot and a hike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, cl yeah. The cliff side. The cliff part. Side yeah. part yeah. I thought you meant like the, the town area. Yeah. Yeah. So all, all along there, just tiny little spots that we hadn't seen. I had never been, I'd been to gold beach. So I had been through Coos Bay and North bend and Bandon, but beyond gold beach on, I had never been to, and then there was a stretch before, um, like before we got to Bandon that I had never been in, you know, a little stretch. So yeah. And I saw your I, picture from Beverly beach. That's one of our favorites. I love oh my that. Gosh. Yeah. That's where the weather say a lot. Oh my gosh. That, that was my favorite stop that bridge. So for those of you that don't know the, oh, uh, let's see, it's not an, how eye. does the it's, ocean not go in there? I know it's one Oh one. And you would die if there was an earthquake, just so you know, that would be like the worst place to be. Well, I don't think so. Cause I wasn't staying <laughs> under the bridge. <laughs> You're having a coughing fit. Sorry. Okay? That's me. I tried to put it on mute. I didn't make it. She doesn't have COVID. It's okay. She's been tested. <laughs> it's just this terrible cough. I don't know. I've had it for two and a half weeks. And my doctor told me if it doesn't go away in a month, give me a call back. Uh, a month. Oh really? Gosh. Okay. She's Louise. Well, yeah. Beverly beach is gorgeous for those of you that want to find lots of, of fossils there. Yes. Oh my gosh. The rocks. I actually brought a few home. I know. I don't know if that's legal, but, um, I did it anyways. And you stay in this campground that looks through the bridge that one Oh one goes over. So everybody that's going along the beach is going over this bridge, but the bridge has this nice arch and you look out on the sunset. Oh my gosh. It was it's so pretty. It's yeah, so and you pretty. walk right underneath the bridge into yes. the ocean. Like, I don't know how the ocean doesn't come up into the campground. Well, the does. reason, the reason is, well, if there's a tsunami, it might, but the reason is, is because that's where a river inlet is. That's where the water's coming out. So there's a bridge over that little inlet that's going into the ocean. So that is why the ocean does not come into it. But um, we also saw the devil's churn. Have you heard of that? Well, I've heard of the devil's punch bowl. I don't know if I've heard of the churn. I have heard of the devil's punch bowl and I'm not sure what that is either, but it was just amazing. We saw so many cool little spots that we just didn't explore before. We stopped at a couple lighthouses 
and it was really super cool. So yeah, it was nice. Fun. So I'm sorry I I missed uh, last week's thing, but um, I listened to it and it was good. You did a good job. Well, you know, I had been researching that little case for a little while, and I had my notes. Yep. And then I would just read them and then I would just tell the story. Like I, I did go through some dates, but yep. um, I feel, and I, I bet everybody can tell that I get hung up. Like um, I really want to get all the details, but I'm better off just telling you the story. Yes. And if you want the details, yep. you probably should just look them up because I'm not a, <laughs> first of all, I'm super ADD. So I watched this TikTok recently Yeah. and this lady was describing like, people that are ADD and how like we tend to interrupt. Is that the I one do. I sent you? It could have been. I interrupt all the time. And no. it's just because I feel like I, I have to say it before I forget it. Yeah. Because if I like, if I wait too long, it's just gone. Yeah. And so I, I do, I hate that I do that. And I really need to stop that, but I'm like, oh my God, that's totally me. That's why I need to do it. Or like a lot of times, um, like an action I need to do, whether it's like take the clothes out of the laundry and blah, 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 blah. Like I need to do that now while I remember. Yes. Because it'll be five, five hours later when I'm like, oh, dang it. I forgot to do that. Like, okay. Don't you think all moms have that because we're always doing 5 million things at one time. And if we forget if we, if we don't do something right now, we're not going to remember to do it. Cause we're constantly having six things to do. Yeah. It may be. I don't know. I feel like yeah. I've gotten definitely more that way as I've aged because I'm trying to shove 10 pounds of flour into a five pound sa sack all the time. And I'm burning yeah. daylight, right? Like I'm right. like, all right, we got to get this done. We got to go through this. So I don't know that that's necessarily only, you know, only ADHD people, because I don't think I have that. Although maybe I do, I don't know. Maybe we all have degrees of it, but, um, I certainly, well, and Ella know. says I plan every minute of my day and I don't leave any much room for error. So if like one, yes, it takes too Me long, too. it's now affected the rest of my day. And I, um, I had like this whole list of things to do. And I, after today, after doing this, yes, um, there's only one more thing on my list, but I'm not going to get to it today. What is it? Uh, Ripping right. out the whole bathroom and re-drywalling? Uh, like no, what? that is on my list, but it's not for today. But I was going to go to my friend's mom's house to help her rip out Ivy. <laughs> and, and by the way, y'all, this is a Saturday night at seven o'clock that we're recording. So you were planning on doing this after we recorded? Well, no, I'm not no? going to get, I wasn't going to, I'm okay. not going to be able to get to it today, but that was on my list okay. to do today. I've been just, I've mentioned to her that I wanted to help her. Okay. And, um, I feel bad that I've, it's been like a week and a half or two weeks even now that, um, and the Ivy's still there. It's not going anywhere, but, yeah. um, I don't want her to do it all herself either. I want to help her. Anyway, well, you know, you stupid. have a small basketball team. So why don't you just take the basketball team with you, the kids? And y'all go over there and hammer that out in an hour. I should. But and with I'm, headlamps, you could do it tonight after our call with headlamps. We could. <laughs> don't rats live in Ivy? <gasps> yes, they do. Yes, I don't know if I want to be out there with headlamps in. Oh my gosh. Yes. And they do. you kind of got your, like, what's this twang going on y'all? Oh, I do. Y'all. Yeah. Did I say y'all? Yeah. I don't know. You know, my, my whole family's from Texas and like you, I would kind of forget you know, cause I'm the only, or, only, I am the only Oregonian, Yes. but then my mom would call Oregon. home every once in a while. And then she'd got off the phone. All of a sudden her Texas twang was back <laughs> for a while. Like it'd be, it, it lasts for a while, but she'd be like, you know, so my daughter and I yeah. try to talk in a British accent. I don't know why it just happened anyways. And her friend, and she has picked up this amazing Australian accent instead of the British. Mm. And, you know, they're similar, right? Yeah. But I'm always like, okay, you are amazingly good at that Australian accent and you can't speak British, can you? She's like, no, I can't. It just goes right into Australian. But she has like a talent for uh, foreign languages. So I think she just has an ability. Like if she probably went to England for a while, she'd pick it up really easily. I have really don't have any of that. So well, one of my friends that, um, you know, we work at the closet on Saturday mornings Yes, and she came to volunteer today and she's from South Africa. And so she's always like, hello. I'm like, hello. <laughs> yes. You know, hello. it's so hard to like talk to somebody with an accent without like trying yes. to throw it back at them. But, yes. and then it's funny trying to get her to talk like me. 
Yeah. And does it's she really cry hard for her? She can't. It's just like, and then we just laugh because I end up just talking. I try to talk like her or yeah. mimicking what she's saying. It's kind of funny because yeah. anyway. it's so cute and so I don't know. It's it's fun. I I do like accents. Well, so do you want to hear my story? You want to ha- know how it came about too? Yes, I do. Okay. Have I told you about my voice crush on Keith Morrison from Dateline NBC? <laughs> no. <laughs> Have I not? Oh my god. Okay. I don't think so. So I think my true crime-ness sort of started through lots of Dateline, 2020, all those kinds of shows. I love Keith Morrison's voice. I just think he has a great voice. And I, I like some of the other Dateline people, but I love, 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 love his voice. So I listened to Mommy Doomsday, which is about Lori Vallow from him. And then his uh, newest trailer popped up on my podcast feed. And I'm like, oh, I must listen to this. And it was called The Killer Role. And so I was in the process of waiting because each week a new thing would come out, right? It was like a series. And um, I was like, oh, I'm going to cover that. And I was thinking I was going to cover it this week. Well, as you know, because I bailed on you on Friday, I was, had a crazy busy uh, week and I was doing a presentation for a client and I just never got to the actual research. Like I knew the story, but I needed to get names. I needed to get dates, all that kind of stuff. And um, I didn't really know even how the story turned out yet, but my friend, shout out to the Aimster, she sends me a link that says this, this killer role, this woman who I'd been listening to, Keith Morrison, tell me about, um, was going to be on Dateline last night. So we're recording on Friday. It was going to be on Friday, on Saturday or Friday night. And it was a local Grants Pass woman. And I'm like, shut up. This was the story I was going to do this week. So I had kind of thought, oh, well, maybe I won't do it, you know, whatever. But then I was like, oh no, this is the, you know, this is the universe's sign to tell me to do this. So this is how this whole thing came about. And my love of Keith Morrison. Okay. Have you heard about the Southern Oregon woman who, um, she says in self-defense accidentally killed her uncle? No. Okay. So there's a young woman in Southern Oregon that goes by the name of Wynne Reed. And she shows up at a Grants Pass theater production and the whole staff, the other actors, the crew is just blown away. They're like, oh my gosh, she's really good. What are you doing right now? Sorry. I was trying to turn on a different light. <laughs> it's distracting when we're on YouTube for all you Sorry. listeners because I'm seeing her do something. I'm like, what is she doing now? Sorry. You weren't making noise this time. So that's good. Anyway, she shows up and she just blows them all away. She's like really good at the acting thing. And um, she clearly has talent, talent. And these people are like, where did she come from? Like, why don't we know her? And one of the gals um, in the production, one of the actors was like, you know, she kind of looks familiar. And I remember this girl in high school, last name Reed too, but she had blonde hair. This girl's front first name is different. Like, you know, kind of a coincidence, but whatever. And she didn't say anything. Well, Wynne was really kind of charismatic and she was talented, but she also had this woman that would like come along with her, kind of like her handler, like she's some big wig, you know, actress or something. And she introduces this woman to people and refers to them as her friend at first. And then eventually she refers to this woman as her aunt. And this woman's name is Kelly. So people are finding this a little odd. And when she goes to negotiate like her salary or whatever, like this handler gets involved and um, it just becomes kind of weird because everybody's like, look, this is a small town production. Like we don't have any money. In fact, Keith Morrison goes into the story. If you're interested about it's a dad and a daughter who he basically spends his life savings putting this theater production together because he and his daughter wrote it together and they decide they're going to, you know, turn this into a live play. And so 
it's just a small town thing, but you know, they're doing a good job of it. And so it was kind of weird for her to show up kind of with this little bit of an attitude, right? A little bit of a prima donna thing. And uh, so anyways, the she gets the role she gets the main role and the main role this is a thriller by the way it's kind of a horror thriller show but the main character actually in the program um kills somebody with a handgun which is going to become kind of interesting later but come to find out um when her full name is actually aisling tucker moore hyphen reed so she has four names and now she's going by win, but this didn't come out until everyone found out. She actually went by Tucker Reed, by the way. And when the gal that was in the production was like, yeah, that was the girl like, okay, this is the girl. She's changed her like look um, and everything. And the, the girl was also like, I remember her mother used to show up with her to all the high school productions with huge suitcases for hair and makeup. And she'd do all of her hair and makeup like she was some big thing, right? So the mom was a bit overbearing, but Tucker at the time seemed to really enjoy it. And even now that Tucker has changed her name to Win, she seems to enjoy having her mother there and um, kind of like her, you know, like she's a big, she's a big thing, right? Well, and it, she also went to Grant's Pass High School. And she and said this was her aunt, though? She did. Okay. She said it was a friend. Then she said it was an aunt. Um, it's really her mom all along. It was her mother all along. So people are um, coming to understand that there's a lot more to win than first meets the eye. When filming was complete, um, and I should say there's a side story to this that I don't want to delve too much into, but there's a side story that one of the nights when they were going to perform, Wynn calls, or her handler, her mother calls, and says she can't come in, she is in the hospital, and she's on oxycodone. So she won't be in for tonight's production. And they're like, wait, what? Like, you know, this is kind of a big deal because now the second in line, what are they called? I can't remember the understudy has to take over and everything. Well, she shows up anyways and like wants to perform anyways. And they're like, wait, you were on oxycodone supposedly with painkillers and you're showing up and we were told you weren't coming. And like, and she was just like, what's your deal? Like I'm here and I'm ready to do this and whatever. And they were like, no, you're not going to perform. Like it was like she wanted them to pick her. Yeah, just kind of weird. Again. Just yeah, yeah just kind of weird behavior, right? Well, so what happens is we find out that Ainsley Tucker Moore Reed had actually been charged with a real life shooting and the death of her uncle Shane. The crew and staff, of course, had no idea that she was being investigated at the time that she was doing this production and that she was facing charges for her death. So the story unfolds in 2016 at her grandmother's house in rural Jackson County, which is about five miles west of Medford. Now, it's pretty, pretty, you know, five miles outside of Medford um, will become will become part of the story here because it was a little it was a little remote, right? Um, it wasn't in town. And this is um, when Ainsley Moore Reed, going by Tucker, she shoots and kills her uncle, Shane P. Moore, on July 26. 26. But by August, she was arrested and she posted bail. She uh, remained out on bail until August of 2018. And the way she was finally, or after she was, the reason she was finally arrested is because new video evidence from her cell phone uh, was obtained by her defense team and they sent it to the prosecution. Now, I'm not, I never heard or really understand how they got the video, but um, let me tell you kind of what unfolded the day of the shooting. So her mother and she tell the story that they were at their grandmother's house or her Kelly, her mother, 
her mother's house and Tucker's grandmother's house. And they were there with a notary that Shane had hired to come over because grandma was going to sign a new will. And this is what Kelly says she was told is that she was going to sign a new will. So as they are sitting there, um, apparently Shane, who is an ex drug addict lives on property with grandma, um, or mom, his mom, um, and has had a falling out with Kelly Tucker's mom for years. Like she has nothing nice to say about him. They all hate him. He's a drug addict. He's a mooch. You know, he lives off grandma. Although keep in mind that Kelly Shane's sister also lives in a house that grandma or mom owns in Medford. So both kids living on grandma's properties, one in the city, one out in this rural area where she also lives. And they've not gotten along for years. And Ainsley Tucker, sorry, I should be calling her Tucker because she went by Tucker, Tucker. She has also filed charges against Shane that he threatened her. And this was months earlier. So she actually has a restraining order against him. And he's kind of like at this point, and we know this because of the video evidence, he's just kind of loitering outside the patio and everything. And when Ke Kelly, the, the daughter, um, Tucker's mother, had also been a lawyer. And as she and the notary are sitting there at the table, she says um, to the notary, and I can't remember what it was called, but the notary brings out this form that needs to be signed. And Kelly says, no, that's not what she's supposed to be signing. That, that gives the... Uh, I think it's a power of attorney to Shane and Kelly right away for mom's property says that they will share it. So she starts freaking out, telling mom that this is giving Shane her property. And she just starts raising holy hell, even though this, this paperwork actually doesn't say that it's just to Shane. Kelly starts saying it does to mom. Well, mom is easily confused. She's clearly older and mom's just like, what's kind of going on, right? And there's this just big production, like a big scene, right? Well, all of a sudden, Shane now kind of, I think, sees what's going on. Maybe can hear through the windows, not really sure. He comes to the back door and then there's yelling. Kelly's like, get the F out of here. You don't, you don't belong here, blah, blah, blah. But Kelly goes to the door to her brother. Tucker at this time picks up a gun on the table that is nearby. Um, and there's an altercation supposedly at the back door and she shoots her uncle. She and her mother, Kelly say it was in self-defense that he was trying to come in the door. He wasn't really supposed to be there because Tucker was there and there was a restraining order and he was trying to hurt Kelly and it was self-defense and Tucker shot and killed him. <clears throat> I should have noted earlier that earlier in the morning, Shane had called 911 and said, Hey, my niece Tucker just fired some shots from my mother's house towards me. I don't know why she's doing that. She's angry. Um, somebody needs to come out here. Well, police didn't come out because it was a rural area and they didn't think there was imminent danger. So they didn't come out. So now fast forward. Now she's actually killed him. So the notary freaks out. She calls 911 and 911's like, who shot him? Notary's like, I don't know. Somebody did. Well, where's the gun? I don't know. Whose gun is it? I don't know. And they start helping or telling the notary to start giving chest compressions. And Kelly, the notary's kind of trying to like piece this together and everything. And Kelly, the mom, can be heard in the background saying, Die already, die. Yes. And Tucker can be heard in the background saying, you told me I should do it. You told me I could do it. 
So she's sending a message. She's saying in the background to mom, you told me to kill him. You told me I could shoot him. And Kelly's saying, die, die. And Kelly is the daughter. Kelly is the daughter. She is Shane's sister. So mom's daughter. Exactly. So clearly when they get this video from Tucker, and this is the interesting part when you watch the video and you, you can watch it online. Tucker is clearly staging her cell phone. So to see that Shane, her uncle is outside and she's narrating it. So she's like, why is Shane outside? He's not supposed to be outside. He has, I have a restraining order against him. He's just loitering. What's he doing? He's being erratic. He wasn't being erratic. He was being pretty calm, but he was loitering outside of the house. I think to make sure maybe that everything was going okay. I don't really know. I mean, I'm not giving this guy a pass. Like he's a great guy. Have no clue. Right. All I know is when I listen to the video and I watch the video, I'm like, oh yeah, she's setting this whole thing up. And then there's, she gets up, she goes towards the door. You hear the, you know, get out of here, get out of here. You don't hear anything um, aggressive from him. And then you hear the shots and then you do hear him moaning. You hear Kelly saying, die. And you hear, um, Tucker saying, you know, you told me I could. So everyone is investigated. Kelly and Tucker are both taken down to the, uh, station and they both have almost the same exact story as though investigators said it seemed premeditated. Like they had their story. This, this is our story. And this is what we both say. And if we both say it, they can't do anything about it. Right. So it was very scripted in what they said. And even mom, when she was interviewed, it was clear that she was a little bit confused because she said, she was like, well, I don't really know. Well, this is what they told me. Well, I don't think so. You know, she was defending everyone because she was confused. She's like, well, this is what Kelly said. And this is what Tucker said that, you know, she was defending herself. And so mom was just like confused. She didn't really, she wasn't too much of a help. And the notary wasn't much help because she didn't see the altercation at the door until the shots rang out, right? She's there to do notary. And everyone else thinks that the purpose was so that there was an outside person there there was somebody else present. So Tucker at the um, time of the shooting claims that her uncle was a squatter and that he had assaulted her, thus getting the restraining order. And he, she also says that he had threatened her and her mother. Um, And the, the day of the shooting, the notary was at the family home to notarize those legal papers And there was also this ongoing uh, family dispute that the mom, Kelly, and her brother, Shane, was in at the time. So, you know, when I listen to the interview tapes of Tucker, she is putting on a very righteous show, very good acting. Uh, I should say that a little bit tongue in cheek because she could just turn on the waterworks. And I was like, oh, this does, does sound fake. Like she didn't even seem concerned about it. Um, but uh, the, the, it's very clear to everyone that the two adult siblings had been at odds for years over money, mom's estate. And uh, her mom having been a lawyer um, also really plays that up in her interviews. Their stories aligned, right? but investigators were not convinced. They were like, this seems staged. She seems, their stories seem too much alike. Um, They really did not go off script. And they were pretty sure that Tucker killed him out of spite instead of really out of him attacking anyone. I should also note that Shane's friend was also on the property at the time. And he's the one who actually started chest compressions. Kelly did not, the notary was on the phone. The notary was telling him what to do. And so he did die on the scene. And um, the video evidence 
is what happened. This all kind of happened um, also, I should say, Dateline notes that they had kind of put off telling this story because um, of some of the this video evidence. But anyways, the video evidence comes out and it confirms to investigators what they thought they already knew, that this was pretty much an elaborate plan to get rid of Brother Shane and to leave mom's estate to her. So now Kelly has full estate power. Um, they end up, Kelly, the mom, because she's been a lawyer, ends up suing Jackson County. Um, and I can't remember what the reason was for, oh, because um, Tucker, this was the other interesting thing, Tucker had actually asked for a lawyer and they said, okay, great. Um, you know, we'll get you a lawyer. That means this interview is over. And they went out. Well, then Tucker like gets their attention on video and asks them to come back in and she starts talking. So mom Kelly sues Jackson County and, or Medford, I think, um, saying that she had already asked for an attorney and that anything she said was not valid. But um, that was also thrown out sued Jackson County because they said she talked after she asked for a, law a lawyer, but she actually asked for them to come back in and she's the one who started talking. So um, she pretty much sealed the deal for herself. They had no evidence until they found her video and they had actually taken her phone, I should say, on the when they in when they first took them down to the station, but they couldn't get into it because they didn't have her passcode. So somehow, this video then two years later gets given to the um, defense lawyers of Tucker and then the defense lawyers give it to the prosecution and the prosecution says, ah, we got her. We, we're, we're going to prosecute her now. So she has now um, went in, uh, they rearrested her, her bail was revoked uh, or not given back to her with these new charges. And um, she will stand trial for the death of her uncle. Uh, so what the about whole, her mom? Her mom, at this time, she has no charges against her. Um, it's clear to me she's involved. And unless Tucker throws her mom under the bus, her mom will probably get away with everything. How old is she? Her mom or Tucker? Tucker. I think Tucker is in her late 20s. Okay. So I would assume, and I, I don't remember actually, that mom is probably about 50, a um, little bit older than 50. But the next episodes that Keith Morrison's going to do, he talks to the dad because um, in the research that I did and the readings that I did, it sounds like dad... Um, when mom and dad divorced, it was kind of a very tumultuous, again, very, um, Kelly's a very litigious, like very smart woman, but um, she very much manipulated, got the kids moved um, from California back up to Oregon, even though dad said, no, 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 I don't want my kids to go. She got the judge to okay it she was able to move the kids and he really hasn't had a great relationship um, with Kelly this entire time. And he, he, I think was even in some of the paperwork that he actually said something bad. I, I'm afraid something bad's going to happen if my kids stay with their mother. Um, but of course that just sounded like a bitter dad who was getting his kids taken away from him. And so um, I just do not get a good sense that the mom I think she's a really angry kind of vindictive person. And I think Tucker may be too, and just not that bright. Like they just thought she was just this really great actor that could just pull this off. I don't know. I don't know why people do these crazy things. Can you imagine? They're just crazy. Yes. Yes. And it seemed all very planned. So that is my story. Um, I'm going to be wait. I'm going to be watching the story as it unfolds. I can't wait to hear what the dad has to say, but 
um, from things that I read, dad said, um, I'm sure it's just going to be kind of more of the same. Like he was like, dude, my ex-wife is a little intense, you know? So yeah, that's it. Yikes. Have you heard of the story at all? No, I haven't heard it no. at all. Actually. It doesn't even like sound familiar. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. Well, there's, um, I wanted to ask you first, like of, of anything that you can think of, what is terrifying? Oh, but what scares you? You know what? My kids, my kids, I don't even want something to happening word. to them. Yes. Something bad happening. To well, that scares me too. But like, let's just like, I'm thinking like, like when I think of things that are really scary, I, I, I think stalking Ooh, can be very scary. Yes. And I think, um, irrational people are super scary. Yes. So along those lines, like, Yes. Do like ghosts scare you? Do no, I don't think no. ghosts scare me. I think unpredictable people scare me. It's yes. I think just mental illness can be super scary. Yes. Well, I wanted to ask you if you have heard of the name Joshua Lee Webb. No. Does that ring a bell at all? No. Well, this would be around Mother's Day, and let me try to figure out what year. Two thousand seventeen. Okay. Um, so this would be... let me go into my database. Okay. Okay. 2017. What, which would the, that be like four years ago? Yes. Um, so this woman it's on Sunday morning, she's going to go see her mom for mother's day. Okay. And she brings her kids along Okay. and they go into the house and this is a very short story because there's not much to it because okay. this guy is just insane. Yeah. She goes into the house. I don't know if it's a house. It could be a trailer. It could be mobile home. I don't know for sure. But um, she walks into the house and finds her mom laying on the ground. And she is dead. And she is missing her head. <gasps> Around that same time, as she's calling 911, trying to get her kids out of the house, this guy, Joshua Lee Webb, walks into a little house? market in Estacada. Remember this? Holding his mom's head. Happy Mother's oh. Day. He's so crazy. He even stabs one of the workers there. And I'm like, I mean, and then the case is closed. Obviously, he had killed his mom. He's holding her head, <laughs> which is not funny. Again, I laugh because it's just terrible. Yeah. But um, and you know, but what a terrible okay, way. Okay, wait, slow down. Yeah, sorry. I do not remember this story. Yeah. So I remember this guy walking into the shop. What you're telling yeah. me is her brother, this gal who shows up for Mother's Day, her brother chopped the mother's head off. Yes. Walks it down like in a bag. So it, I don't by know if hair. he, I, he was carrying the mom's head. And so he didn't say, I'm guessing by the like, hair. Like a baby? Like, no, no, no. He's like pulling it. <laughs> oh so he has, he's had a history of schizophrenia okay. and voices. He hears voices and he. What was the other thing? I was paranoid, all of this stuff, right? Okay. And things have gotten worse and worse over time. And then within the week of his mom dying, she had said he's been doing kind of some crazy things around the house. Like, and then I don't know what happened that night that just set him off. He's at a mental hospital now. He does go in for a release. Gosh. Let's see, not release, but I think he gets, so this is what I don't know anything about if you get sentenced to a mental hospital. But they go in and they do like evaluations. Yes. So if you are proven that you're like kind of really better. better or that maybe the medicine that you're working, like, does he just go home or does he go to a prison at that point? Like, or does he go to like a self halfway house, like a halfway house? But you still have no that idea. murder, but because you're insane, does it not count as like, I don't know how that works, but I obviously to either. get, you know, got caught, but this is what I mean, like about mental okay, illness. Okay, so let's go back to the, the event though. Do yeah. you, you know anything about it? like, okay, so he comes in with the mother's head and he says, this is my mother's head or does no, he like- No, I think he just came in, he was um, acting crazy. Okay. And then he ended up with a, um, he walked- Were these people freaked to... out? <laughs> Joshua Webb then shows up at Thriftway in downtown Estacada, about 12 miles north. He enters a small grocery store. Um, he was- covered in blood and had a large kitchen type knife and was a carrying what appeared to be a severed head. Authorities oh, said he God. began stabbing an employee, but he quickly overwhelmed. He was quickly overwhelmed by other employees that held him until police came. 
Okay, so, so the, yeah. the employee is she okay? Um, it didn't. It just said they were sad. It doesn't sound like they. I think it wasn't written in the article that that person passed away. Okay. But um, oh, oh gosh, this gosh. is crazy too. He said once he got you know put in custody, he's was like in a catatonic state, which um, I've known somebody who's been in that sort of state. Uh huh. And then once he came to, he goes, I had a nice nap. But like his eyes are open, but he's like, just like out of it. Like he's like catatonic, but I've known oh somebody who gosh. was kind of in that same state, eyes open and everything. So he must've drove. Was that? He must've drove with the so head. 12 miles. Like, like what was he be planning to, to do? Use the deli to like, you know, slice it up or what? Well, I don't think somebody like that's in their right mind to even know what he was doing. What was he doing there anyway? But do you know where this driftway is? I like this is on the so. way to Mount Hood. Well, I think I know where Estacada is, but I don't exactly know where that thriftway is. Do you? Well, I think when I go up there, there's a thriftway and a Safeway that I go to. There's a Fred Meyer's. Like, there's really just not many big stores yeah. around there, so it's got to be like in that little bend. Oh my like, gosh, yeah. So well, happy he must Mother's Day. Oh my gosh! But I do think, horrific. like, I think what scares me would be like irrational people and. I know that we, I've mentioned this before, but how our, my cousin, Michael's cousin was yes. Um, shot yes, six times in a restaurant parking lot by somebody he didn't know. And, um, about he did like, it was just this, Do weird, we know why. So it was random. It was kind of random. He was the, at the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. And, um, he, it was proven that his arms were up when he was shot and the guy was trying to claim self-defense uh, and which was ridiculous because I don't know all the technical trajectory of the yeah. bullets proved that his arms were up. Oh. There's a way he couldn't have like shot back or he didn't even have a weapon on him, but he um, was just sentenced to 20 years. And so I know the family was, Michael's family was really hoping for at least one year for every year that Larry was alive, which would have been at that time, 34 years. Yeah. Which is kind of scary because like in 20 years, 20 years, he, the guy could still be alive. Right. So let's just say he's our age, right? Yeah. He's going to be, then I'm like, okay, what does that mean for our family once he gets out? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because he's sort of like, I think well, a gangbanger type. Oh, does he really have a grudge against you? Like that wasn't the guy he meant to kill. This was just a guy. Well, if he already was trying to claim self-defense, it didn't work. Like do we have to worry? Like if he was willing to kill somebody he didn't know because of an, like, because he was in a jealous rage. I think only if you guys continue to try to keep him in jail or get him back in jail, that's probably when he's going to potentially have an issue. But otherwise, like you guys didn't have anything to do Just with it. Like this guy is, didn't. Yeah. Okay. So we have nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. No big deal. Neither did our cousin. Yes, exactly. Okay, so, so I'm are, watching Ozark. Are, have yeah. you watched Ozark? Well, I've watched it to where the point where they were building the church and then he's trying to tell him to stop building their church. Yes, okay. Well, I had tried to start watching it one other time, couldn't get into it. Finally, now I'm into it. And um, the reason I don't like these kind of stories is because you have a lot of irrational people that just want to hurt someone and clearly don't care. Like they have no real remorse about hurting people, torturing people. Like I, that is very, very scary. The, the no remorse, I don't get that. And, and solving one problem with another killing or death or treatment of another, like, wow, that that's just beyond. Well, those people mind. must be really good at disconnecting. Yes. Like, and not seeing it as a person. And I mean, it's crazy because that is a show. And that's one thing I, those kind of shows like, oh my God, how they yeah. get out of it? And they get out of it. And then they're in another situation. Yes. And it leads to another one. And it stresses me out. But yes. I love them at the same time. See, I didn't used to, I was telling my husband, like I didn't used to like those shows because I don't like seeing people make one bad decision on top of another bad decision. Yeah. And that's what this whole show is really about. And I'm like, dude, how are you going to stay alive? Like the fact that you're still alive is pretty amazing. But how are you going to get out of this? Like, I don't see how this ends well for yeah. you. Or your family. How does, yeah. 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 And even the, like, just the story that I was just telling you, like, okay, so you thought you wanted to get rid of your brother 
and have your daughter shoot him and kill him. And now, yeah, you get all the money, but now you're having to watch your daughter go through this. Like, is there enough money in the world for you to A, put your daughter in this situation, B, the potential that she will be found guilty and how how do you, how shitty do you feel? I, I, there's just not enough money in the world for me to set my kid up for that either. Like no way. Well, tonight we're going to watch a scary movie. <laughs> of course you are. Well, the other night we did see the strangers. Have you seen that? No. Never say there's two different um, variations of it. Okay. One was with um, Liv Tyler. Yeah. That was like 2008. And then there's a more recent one. And, um, but it was based on a true story. Hmm. And so I kind of like researched what was that real story behind it. And so part of it was the guy had probably morphed in a few and then added his own like twist to things. Mm -hmm. But um, one was from Helter Skelter, mm -hmm. like the whole Charles Manson, how like mm -hmm. somebody just randomly shows up at this house and like kills everybody. And like no real motive, no reason that it just happened. And then the other one was the Keddy cabin murders. Have you heard of that? Keddy or Kennedy? Keddy. Keddy. No. So Keddy cabin so were in, it's in Northern uh, California and we can get into that story a little bit later if you want, but this woman, she moves, um, she leaves her abusive husband who's in Connecticut moves to Keddy this it's like a little resort with little cabins that you can rent okay and I think it's low income like these are people like it's in the woods deep in the woods and she has her five kids yep. okay so here she's got a 15 year old son John she's got a 14 year old daughter Sheila a 12 year old daughter Tina and two younger sons Rick and Greg so there's five so you've got two girls three boys the oldest one is a boy. Then you got the two girls in the middle and then the two younger sons. So it sounds like a lot of people live in these little cabins. Um, and I, I think partly it's like off the grid. I don't know if she's trying to get away from the husband or if this is just a cheap place to go. I know it was near her uncle is why she moved there originally because she knew somebody in that area. And then she was able to get on her feet and move to this cabin. And then I think there was somebody living in the cabin that she eventually moved to. But when he moved out, she was able to transfer in. And I believe it was a two bedroom and it also had a, like a basement that I think her older son could access through the outside without having to go through the house. Right now um, it's kind of confusing because like the kids are coming and going and like the, the two younger or the two daughters leave at some point to go to one of the neighboring cabins to hang out with their friends. Then one daughter returns in the evening and realizes that um, her mom and her older brother and a brother's friend are all murdered. They're in the living room and they're dead. And, and this isn't even, it's not super long time ago. Let me see, 1981. So it wasn't like super, you know, long time ago. Some of ago, our listeners weren't, weren't born then, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I guess I was like, what, yeah. nine. Yes. But, um, so they were in the living room and so they, there's okay. And then the two younger brothers yes. are still in their rooms with another friends that spent the night <gasps> and they're untouched. They slept through the whole thing. And so there's all these different like um, ideas of what had happened that night. And there's all these theories out there as of right now, they still don't know what happened. They had, you know, kind of people of interest, but yeah. like some of them were saying, maybe it was the father of the, what the, the younger sons that were in right. the room had a friend over they were saying it could have been his father because the mothers were good friends and okay. the father was sort of abusive to her friend's mom does oh, that make sense oh yes and, and so, so she so was she like was hey I left my marriage yeah like you could do this too and so there was like rumors that maybe the father had come and killed him and that's why they left the boys alone I mean nobody really knows but the mother was found like naked from the waist down but what? she was also um, found with like a blanket laying over her. And then what they were saying is a lot of times when somebody has an emotional connection to somebody, mm -hmm. they kind of like cover them up. They do that. Yeah. But what they did find too, which is terrible, is they found, I believe, her underwear and a bandana 
shoved in her mouth and I believe it was taped or it was covered of some somehow but that's how much how far down in her throat it was oh my god and to say that it wasn't like a like a sexual nature she was naked from the waist down yeah and then I don't I don't remember unless she was in the shower or something prior or getting dressed maybe she was taking her clothes off getting her pajamas on okay so that's what somebody said the younger brothers were in and out or the two the two brothers and the so the, the oldest brother with a friend, they were sort of in and out throughout the night. Yeah. Well, um, they were saying, what if the mom was being attacked? Right. And the two ones came home. Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention, sorry, the older, the older daughter came home that next morning and that's how she found everybody. Right. Yes. The younger daughter had come home the night before, but she was missing. They couldn't find her. Oh God. And so, sorry, that was a big point. Our, I forgot to mention. So the, the two younger brothers, a friend is in the bed bedroom. Yes. The older brother, the mom and the brother's friend are found in the living room. Okay. The daughter's missing that her name was Tina. And I wait, believe- she's still missing. No. Okay. They did find her a few years later. I think three years, almost to the day later. And Tina was um, 12 years old. They did find her. 50 miles away because somebody called in and told him where she was like her body, like her skeleton, like, her <gasps> and so like that had to have been the person who did it. Right. Like, yes, but they were saying, so what if this mom was being sexually assaulted? These two boys came home, you know, went to protect her. And now they have to kill everybody to like witness. Okay. It. But they would have checked that body out. They'd know if she's being sexually abused. Well, they would, there's like this, I mean, everything's kind of weird. Like I was watching or listening to this podcast and he's, he's really good. He must be some sort of investigator too. Cause he's like, okay, so there's these different things of evidence, like all over the place. I'd be testing this. I'd be testing that. I, you know, What's like his name, what's the podcast. Okay. It was, um, I'm actually finishing up that one right okay. now. He was, um, it's called the murder squad. Okay. And I don't know, it doesn't look like there's, um, it's just called the Kennedy, the Keddy cabin murders. Huh. And then I also watched this YouTube where these guys had gone to the Keddy cabin. Oh, that particular one is like, it's all broken. Down. Dem- like, it's not there anymore because so many people kept going back for that reason. And honestly, like it's been so long, but when they were driving there, like you're in like the deep woods, it's oh. kind of like, um, remember the big, huge tree on the Oregon coast that people would go and see? Yes. But you had to like kind of drive in and then you had to like kind of walk to it. Like, yeah. I don't know if I would even want to go in those woods knowing that the whole family had been murdered. Yeah. But um, I mean, Ugh. there's all kinds of stories, but I was like, that is like. So is there any, do they have any leads, any suspects for that? Well, if they do, they're not saying it right now, but they were saying, this guy was saying that there was, um, some DNA that didn't match a particular person they do have their eyes on. Okay. But they, he didn't say if it did match somebody else that they do know of. Like, okay. So everything's kind of like crazy, but I mean, this did is. Did she why... have a boyfriend or? No. And I always thought like, it was hard to like get the point across. Like, was it her ex-husband? Like he was already yeah. terrible. And I supposedly he's on the East coast and has an alibi, but like, but like he would take his daughter and kill her, like probably wouldn't do that. Probably wouldn't kill his son. No, right. And yeah. then if the little girl was, well, they won't be able to tell because it's just her skeleton. If she was sexually abused, like, and yeah. can you kill three people and abduct another and only be one person? Good question. Well, if she came in after it happened. So like those three people, like if it would happen, boom, 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 boom. And then she came home and he grabbed her. Was she the target the whole, why would he take her? Why wouldn't he just kill her in the house too? Yeah, that's a good question. So this because is like, he likes little girls. I don't know. <laughs> like when you go and stay in these little places, like, yeah, stuff, like you need yeah, to be really careful, Melissa. Like there are little super crazy people out that there. Just snap. But I think that most of the time, what I've heard is stranger on stranger is very uh, rare. 
it okay, is but what mostly. if like she did know him like or what if like you're camping and you got to know okay, the let's not bring up the camping thing let's not do that I, like don't I, freak I this me is like out. it freaks me out totally no no let's not talk about that that is not <laughs> appropriate <laughs> i watch way too many things that freak me out but i'm gonna watch another movie tonight so. <laughs> yes you are i'm not too scared like i don't know i'm not I, too I, scared I, you my, love being scared my poor daughter though like she's so scared to go off to college now okay she has another year i said most of the time okay. like we're ready to go yeah right we want to go do that's things. not true my daughter was very scared her last year is when she got excited okay and i will tell you i i you know, God bless you. I hope it doesn't happen. But, um, that last year was also very hard for her and I, we did not get along a lot. And I think that was her way of pulling apart so that she could go away. Um, and I kept saying, you know, look, you can come home on the weekends, like this will be fine. You're going to love it. You know, but, uh, she definitely was not ready her junior year. And quite frankly, I wasn't sure she was going to be ready by her senior year, but something clicked in her, over her senior year and she was fully ready. And maybe it was the other people, like her other, um, you know, other friends that were getting excited about going to college, but there's a whole like excitement for all these kids, you know, picking Well, there probably school. was when there was school. Well, that's true, but hopefully they're gonna be back in school. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. see, I don't know. I think- When did they, your kids started, right? we're all online now we i mean okay. we chose to do that all year oh okay okay so you're staying and she and really then... likes it so that's the other part oh. that's scary because she was already had like anxiety so i worry that okay. she could get accepted to a really good college but may not want to go like and that's fine she i would local or... i would i was i was just gonna say i would encourage her to go local i still um, want her to apply to a couple of the big ones just to see yeah just to see of in. course but, sure but there's really prestigious schools here. And I, I have to say my daughter's roommate, her freshman year had a really hard time. In fact, crying the night before she was getting in the car to leave for school and school was only an hour and a half away, but she did not, she had, she had never had really anxiety before, but she had anxiety that whole first term. And she ended up going home after the first term, she really worked hard at staying they wouldn't give her a parking spot like we were all like dude give her a car but the school would not give her a parking spot nowhere to park it so it became that didn't work out but anyways she has now enrolled in at university of portland where both of her parents went which is 13 miles from home and i just think that is a perfect fit for her because it's a very prestigious school it's a very smart school and she will just be a drive away from home and her yeah. parents can come, come up very easily. And I know it doesn't sound like a long ways being an hour and a half. And I remember not having a car down at school, not having a lot of money. I couldn't like hop on a bus or, you know, take a flight or get a ride or, you know, whatever. And sometimes it was very isolating. So I can feel for those kids who have anxiety and I would, you know, I know so. I'm like, you're just going to go, you're going to have fun. She's yep. like, you're going to come with me, <laughs> I'll come with you're, you, but you're not going to want me to come. I go, but I'm still married. I have a husband <laughs> like, and kids know. flying soon or is she already doing it? What is it the beginning of next year? Is she a senior? Yes. She's a sophomore junior. She's a junior. Yes. So she's taking her SAT. Oh, they're not doing SATs, are they? Well, she's going to take it because they said, okay. um, if you take it and you get a good, you get a good score, you still want mm -hmm. to put that in, but they can't hold it against you. But the people who do really well want to submit those. Yes. Um, but she is taking a bunch of AP exams and stuff right now. So, okay. Or good. in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, it looks great. Well, girlfriend, I think that is it for today. Yes. It was great talking to you. You have a good um, night, Melissa. Tell our listeners that we want them to stay curious, stay suspicious, and stay open. And catch us next week because we will have some more good stories for you. And five star us on your favorite podcast app. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.